We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com, your home for everything Lakers. This is the LakersNation.com live podcast. Oh, my. We've got so much to talk about. Darvin Ham has his introductory press conference. Lots to break down from that chatter about Russell Westbrook, his potential future with the Los Angeles Lakers. What does that look like? Can Coach Ham really incorporate him back into the rotation? How can he make it work? Chat a little bit about that. Anthony Davis's role, LeBron's role, a lot of other stuff to dive into. Joining me tonight is Mike White. Mike, how are you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing good. How about yourself? Hanging in there. You know, it's been a busy day, but it's been a fun day for me. Just you know, peek behind the curtain or whatever. This has been, this has been the closest to like the craziness we're going to see around the draft and July. And when we get into July, we get to free agency and summer league and all this today has kind of felt like that where it's been nonstop one thing after another, after another, that's been coming out from the, you know, the morning starting off with the Rashid Wallace thing to suddenly we've got uh Darvin Ham's press conference. And then there's the talk about Russ and everything else going on. It's been, it's been fun and exciting and a reminder that this is going to be a crazy off season. For the Los Angeles Lakers, going to be a lot of fun. Let's just start off with uh, with Darvin Ham's presser. What did you think of, of that? The first introduction that Lakers fans have had here to Darvin Ham. What did you think? Um, I think it couldn't have went any better for a new coach like Darvin Ham to come in and start explaining some of his principles and what he's planning on doing with the team. Now, obviously, everybody knows talk is cheap. Obviously, talk is cheap. We can all say the right things, but ultimately, it's going to come down to what happens on the court. But I think some of the things that stood out to me, some of the words he said, collaborate, communicate, mm-hmm. sacrifice. You know, he really did say all the right things that you would want an incoming coach coming in, especially to, you know, being a head coach for the Lakers. He said a lot of the right things. So I think as far as the press conference himself and how he presented himself uh, to Lakers Nation, to, you know, to everyone, I think he did a perfect job. And I think he said a lot of the things that we needed to hear. And hopefully, you know, he's able to enforce some of the things that he said he's going to do. Yeah, absolutely. He's, you know, the the talk about sacrifice, particularly on the defensive end of the floor, that stood out. And it's a little bit ironic because Frank Vogel is known as a defense first head coach. Like that's his specialty is defense. And to have Darvin Ham come in and say that the defense is what's going to really improve. But I think the difference is 
with defense, a lot of it is about effort and it's about how locked in you are, how much buy-in there is. And you could say Frank Vogel probably didn't have that from his team. And so if he's going to be able to get a guy like a Russell Westbrook to truly sacrifice his offensive game in order to buy in on the defensive end of the floor, burn energy on that end of the floor, maybe that's something he's not accustomed to, that could go a long way towards helping out this Lakers team. So I, I picked up on that as well. I like that he continued to use that word sacrifice over and over again. He also used the phrase facts over feelings mm-hmm. as a way to explain how he was going to be able to call out anybody, whether it's LeBron, whether it's Russ, Anthony Davis, Austin Reeves, doesn't matter if it's the first guy, the 15th guy, everybody is going to be held accountable by Darvin Ham. I like that a lot. And he said he's going to use film to point out where problems are and then guys can't deny anything because it's right there on film. I think that's smart that he's going to try to challenge even the star level players and not necessarily cower before them or or anything like that. So in that way, I was excited with what Darvin Ham was saying because that's been the fear. Was that LeBron, Anthony Davis? Maybe they've got a little too much power. Darvin Ham saying, no, 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 no. Everybody is going to be held to task by me. Right. And and when you have a head coach like that, you need someone who's going to hold your star players accountable. Ultimately, everything trickles down. So if Le- I'm sure plenty of Laker fans saw there was times where LeBron has missed rotations. There was times obviously mm-hmm. Russell Westbrook has missed rotations. There's been times where Anthony Davis hasn't been as aggressive as we'd like to see him. You got to have a coach who can able to be go up to those guys and say and put basically, you know, light a fire up on them and say, hey, you're not playing up to standards and you need to play better because it'll have a trickle down effect to everybody on the team if everybody sees you know Westbrook and LeBron able to get away with you know falling asleep on defense here and there and things of that nature then what's a guy like Austin Reeves even though he's not that type of player like what's to tell him that he won't slack off like look LeBron's not playing defense so you know why should I you know just things of that nature so I think that's very very important to have a head coach who can have that relationship and that respect from your superstars and this goes back to last time i was on with you like i thought they needed a coach that was a former player um there there was always talks about you know whether westbrook really felt comfortable with coach vogel and whether he Mm -hmm. really respected him so i just figured that you know another former player getting in there being in that head coach position westbrook will respect more he'll respect someone who's grinded like a darvin hand has done over the years so i think it's a big step to be able to control your superstars not control them but to be able to coach them at the end of the day the coach has got to be able to coach and that starts with you know the top players all the way down to 15 so it was definitely great to hear that yeah yeah absolutely we've got a super chat coming in here from uh, joel hernandez says which players do you envision in ham's offense so darvin ham talked about running a four out one in offense and right off the bat that raised my eyebrows a little bit because i thought <laughs> okay in a starting five with russell westbrook and anthony davis and this is assuming you don't have another traditional big on the floor um like a dwight howard or anthony davis has shot better over you know previous seasons but last season was not good russell westbrook of course not known as a three-point shooter he's a guy that teams will leave out there so what are you looking to if he's going to run that four out one in offense what are you looking to add to this roster if you're rob Palenka in order to make that work to the best of your abilities, given the players the Lakers already have in place? Well, I think we've talked about it a bunch of times. Obviously, shooting. If you're running four out, one in, you're going to need shooting because you want that 
perfect spacing around the floor to open up those drive lanes. And the only way you're going to have that is if you have shooting on the court. But like we've also said, and like Darvinham mentioned today, it's going to start defensively. So mm-hmm. you're going to have to bring in guys who can, you know, force turnovers, get us out in transition, things of that nature, and who can shoot at least enough to for the defense to have to respect those guys out there. But it all starts on the defensive end, like he says. But um, as far as like which guys can fit in that system, you know, we've talked about the auto porters of the world. Austin Reeves is a great off ball mover, can move off screens, things of that nature. We've talked about an AD um, being the one in, being at the high post, being able to make passes. AD is a little bit of an underrated passer. You know, I'm not sure if you guys remember I'll, even back to his days with Boogie Cousins, you know, the big to big alley-oop. So there's, diff- there's different players can fit into this type of system. It's all about how much they're going to buy in. Now, obviously, you're going to have to be able to shoot the ball at least decently to be in this for it to really be effective at, you know, at its highest peak because, again, the more shooters you have on the floor, the more it's space, the more that opens up drive lanes. Once the defense has to commit to shooters on the outside, then that opens up the backdoor screens, the slips and things of that mm-hmm. nature. So I think going out in a free agency and just really looking for guys who, one, have high basketball IQ because you got to know when it's time to shoot, when it's time to slip, when it's time to pass, things of that nature. And guys who can, you know, get out defend, force turnovers and knock down some open shots, at least at an average rate. I think that's where you definitely got to start, especially in this roster building process. If you can get guys who can play defense at a high level and just be respectable behind the three-point line, I think that's I mean that's a pretty good start towards a competitive team for next season. Of course, that's that's what we want, not what we expect it to be, but that's what we would like to see for next season as a team that just competes on a night-to-night basis. Of course, this last season we went in assuming NBA championship is potentially uh, within their grasp here. It did not happen, and now we're kind of back to the drawing board saying, okay, what do you what do you need just to be competitive and I think it's guys who can defend and guys who can at least be respectable behind the three-point line do other teams care that you're out there that's really what it comes down to uh right. little Dex, the super chat says is hey if ham makes the team good with russ on the roster he's the coach of the year hands down we need a stretch big and wings to even have a chance next season that is the question right four out one in if anthony davis is on the floor and he's not the five which he might not be that means that you would need your other play, your other big. If Russ and AD, and again, we still need to talk about whether or not Russ is actually back next season, but if Russ and AD are on the floor, your other big almost has to be a stretch player. And that, if you look out at the free agent market, there's not a lot. There's a few. There's Thomas Bryant, players like that, Jalen Smith, perhaps. But there's not a lot of stretch. There's a lot of bigs, not a lot of stretch bigs out there. So it's going to be interesting to see what the Lakers do with their final roster spots and how they view Anthony Davis. That was one thing that Darvin Ham didn't really discuss. Is he a five or is he a four in that offense? Because that's going to matter too. But stretch big, wings, that'd be, that'd be great. Easier said than right. done though, right? To, to find those types yeah. of things. Right, yeah. Not a lot of wings on the free agent market like um, you've already shown these guys in your videos. So it's going to be tough. Uh, another guy, Mo Bamba, who can step out and knock yeah. down that perimeter shot. And then hopefully, I mean, just hopefully and Anthony Davis' three-point shot decides to return, at least be average, so he could be a part of that cause. Because I think if, if his knocking down that three-point shot or that high post shot – it, it just makes it even easier for everybody else to play off him. And you don't want to give driving lanes to guys like LeBron James. So, yeah, hopefully Anthony Davis can get back on track. 
We've got another super chat here coming in from JJ Ramirez says Darvin Ham made me feel optimistic about the whole Russell Westbrook situation, even though I'm like the majority of Lakers fans when I say I wanted Russ traded after his no expectations press day. So I'm kind of in the, the same boat where he listening when I was listening to Darvin Ham speak and he was talking about Russell Westbrook and he's talked about him being an all time grade and he was one of the best players in the league and all this stuff. And now he has a lot left in the tank. I like, I just kind of naturally wanted to believe him, but then I had to say, wait, 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 we we saw a whole season of Russell Westbrook, just not working. Darvin, I think he just has that as a communicator where anybody who's listening to him just wants to say, yes, yes, you are right. And I'm going to do whatever it is that you want. Uh, But when you look back at this last season, we've got all this evidence that it doesn't work and that it's not going to work. So, where, how are you feeling about Russell Westbrook right now? Like, do you think Darvin Ham is just being optimistic because he has to be, or do you think that there is legitimately a chance that he can make Russell Westbrook work with LeBron James and Anthony Davis? Well, first off, shout out to Darvin Ham. That's a coach's job to inspire. I mean, even sure. when I was watching the press conference earlier, I was, you know, as he continued to talk, you know, I was feeling fired up, like, you know, like I'm on the team. And that, you know, that's part of what a head coach is supposed to do. He's supposed to instill confidence in his players. He's supposed to build them up. I don't think anybody wanted Darvin Ham to come out in this press conference and say, you know, it's just not going to work with Russ. I don't think he could do this or that. But I also do believe that you know he believes what he says and he believes in his philosophies and that he can apply it to Russell Westbrook in order to help him and again back to that word he said that him and Russ discussed a lot it you know it starts with sacrifice when Mm -hmm. it comes to you know talking about a Russell Westbrook you know maybe it's sacrificing some of those you know shot selection when it comes to Russell Westbrook you know the in transition pull up (laughs) mid-range jumper you know maybe it comes 18 seconds left on the shot clock you know it it starts with sacrifice and I think you know if if Darvin Ham really has Russell Westbrook's ear like I'm starting to believe he does just based off the conversation obviously the press today Russell Westbrook being at the you know being at the conference I believe that was a you know, a big step, a, a big positive sign for that. I, I I think that it'll work out. I think he can make it work. And I believe in him that, you know, he's going to try to the best of his ability to make it work for Russell Westbrook. But we also got to be honest with ourselves, too. You know, like I said earlier, talk is cheap. Darvin Ham can say all the right things. He could put Russell Westbrook where he needs to be, best positions. But ultimately, Russ has got to want to do and buy into what um, Darvin Ham is preaching. So I think that's going to be a big part. But I do believe that Darvin Ham believes in Russell Westbrook, and he's going to try to get the most out of him. Well, he talked about being him being a better defender and trying to make him really, really, you know, burn some energy on that end of the floor to be the guy who sets the tone on defense. And I, I was thinking about it. How long has it been since Russell Westbrook has been a good defender? I mean, it's been a while. Some of his right. advanced metrics didn't look bad in Washington, but he was I mean, he was he was forgetful as a defender last season. He got got backdoor cut constantly. You could see where he was just watching off ball and made all kinds of mistakes. I, I don't know what a locked-in Russell Westbrook looks like on the defensive end. I'd have to imagine it's better than what we saw last season, and that would certainly be a step forward. But again, the question becomes, can Darvin Ham really get that? And, and, you know, I think this goes back to Russell Westbrook's situation, where he's at right now. Because on one hand, he could be looking at this season and saying, I'm going to be Russ because I have $47 million telling me I'm worth it. 
and I can be myself and myself is enough and I'm going to win and I don't have to adjust and, and all those things. But he was at the press conference today and I got to thinking, what if Russ is looking at this season a little bit differently? Because what if he's looking ahead? If he's looking at, if this season goes poorly for Russell Westbrook, whether he's a Laker or not, if it goes poorly and he is characterized as someone who is unwilling to adapt, unwilling to adjust, is a malcontent, all of these bad things. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is next summer going to look like for Russell Westbrook when he's a free agent? He's not making $47 million again, no matter what. No matter what he does this season, he's not getting that contract. But what is next summer going to look like for Russ if this season doesn't go well? He's actually got a lot riding on this season and his ability to show that he can adjust and adapt. I thought it would take this contract being up and the reality of free agency to hit him for him to truly adjust, I'm hoping that that's not the case and that he's already looking ahead. And this season, we're going to see a more adaptable Russell Westbrook. And maybe him being there at the presser tonight or this afternoon was a, uh, a step towards that. That's my optimist. <laughs> that's my optimistic side of it anyway. Well, I'm, I'm just hoping, honestly, that, you know, especially when it comes talking about help defense, falling asleep on defense, you know, that's just focus, man. In my opinion, I'm just hoping that Darvin Ham's able to really like if you can cut down just giving teams easy layups, you know, you'll give yourself so much more of a chance towards the end of the game, especially if you're turning the ball over. So just focus, getting these guys focused and getting these guys honed in on the defensive end. But also that goes into also roster roster construction. Still got to bring in mm-hmm. some more guys who can defend to help Russell Westbrook. We're not saying that Russell Westbrook is going to be this lockdown perimeter defender but when you got five guys on a string as you know they like to say in basketball your your team's going to be so much better defensively especially when you have anthony davis who coach ham you know mentioned is going to be the foundation of the defense so i'm just hoping he can get them focused and i think that'll do wonders for our defense and then everything else is just icing on the top james bell with the super chat said the stars respect this coach more because his come up and where he is now yep I can't dis. I mean, the the comment he made about pressure. Yeah. I, I I mean when he said that, and I, I've got it here. I, I should have just put it on up on screen, but I've got it here because um, I saved it. This was this was Darvin Ham when he was asked about the pressure of being a Lakers coach and being the first time head coach. Which there, there's a lot of pressure with that situation. He said, "I was shot in the face by accident on April 5th, 1988." 
You go through something like that. It's going to do one of two things. It's going to make you fearful or fearless. It made me fearless. I don't feel no pressure. Later explained that what they're doing is just, just basketball. And just when he said that, I went, this guy, I mean, with his, <laughs> the way, the way he had to grind just to get into the league and fight to get into the league. And then when he's talking about pressure, this is no pressure. I had to fight for my life. Like the, that's absolutely incredible. And that's what, just a brief glimpse of what he can be as a leader and why I think Lakers fans should be excited about him. Because how can you not, how can you not listen to that guy and respect that guy when that's what, that's the kind of experience that he's, that he's pulling from. Right. And, and you want your head coach to be a great leader at the end of the day. They got to kind of have these, I wouldn't say stories, but, you know, just ways to motivate different players. You know, there's different ways in telling the story of what happened to him in his earlier days and how he's able to persevere. You know, I, you know, I've coached on a high school level. Like we tell the guy all the time, like, you know, it ain't no pressure. You know, it's basketball. This is what you love to do. This is fun. And then now you're talking about on the NBA level. You can pay millions and millions of dollars to play the sport that you love to play. So all that comes after that is just focusing in and buying in and having fun while you're doing it. So, again, Darvaham seems like a great leader. Like I said, he couldn't. This was like <laughs> I said this early on Twitter, man. This might be the best acquisition since LeBron. You know, not, <laughs> no, no shade to AD. Obviously, we got a chip. But I mean, I just think this the the Lakers front office really knocked it out of the park with this one, with this leader that they have leading these guys. I think this is the perfect coach for our team. Yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm excited. I can't wait to see. And he said he, you know, he met with LeBron. He can't wait to start training camp. I'm in the same way. Let's fast forward to summer league. And then from there, fast forward to training camp, please. Let's just right. get this going. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Uh, Chris says Sharif O'Neal with a question mark. So he's staying in the draft. Uh, there were reports that he was going to be withdrawing from the draft, but that was a clerical error. He is going to stay in the draft. Maybe he's somebody the Lakers could take a look at, but um, again, we'll see. You know, Rob Palenka did say, pretty matter of fact today, that they are going to try to buy a second round pick and they'll have over $4 million to do, uh, to do that because they didn't burn that money in a trade this year. So they've got some cash that they can throw in to try to buy a second round pick. So on draft night, this isn't just, oh, the Lakers don't have any picks. Let's not pay any attention. No, the Lakers could make a move here. Now, maybe it's nothing too exciting, just a second round pick, but the Lakers have a high hit rate with second rounders. And again, I don't know if it'll be Sharif O'Neal, but something to keep an eye on because Polinka has already put it out there very publicly, very matter-of-factly. They're going to see what they can do about buying their way into this draft. And our guy, Sean Davis, has talked all about the depth of this draft. I think it's possible that they could find a playable, maybe even, dare I say, rotation player in the second round of this draft if they're able to, once again, identify the right candidate. And they've been so good over the last few years, last, what, five, six years at identifying those candidates late in drafts. It's been really, really great to see. Right, and and, and that's all I was going to say, just to piggyback off that. If there's one thing I know the Lakers have done over the last few years is able to go into the draft, find guys where you think you wouldn't be able to find them and have to contribute right away. So... Yeah, I'm all for it. Rob Link, go ahead, buy the second round pick, do your due diligence. I'm sure you're going to find a guy that can, you know, um, help towards help us win a championship, hopefully, or at least, you know, help the team get through the regular season or something like that. Uh, Joel says, thoughts on a possible Rashid Wallace hire. So the news broke this morning. First, we heard out of Memphis, yeah. out of a reporter in Memphis, that Penny Hardaway had said that Rashid Wallace was going to be an assistant coach for the Lakers. Then Shams Tarania says they've agreed to a deal. And then Shams Tarania said, no, wait, no, they haven't, and called that 
context, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> but what do you think? I mean, this they could just be in the negotiation phase. Usually what this leads to is, is a deal. So what are your thoughts on Rasheed Wallace potentially being an assistant coach under Darvin Ham for the Lakers? Um, I think it's a good fit. I think Rasheed Wallace, obviously, as everyone knows, and if you don't know, he, he's going to bring a toughness, a realness about him that he brought on the court, especially off the court. I like him being around Anthony Davis. Um, I talked earlier about sometimes Anthony Davis doesn't play with that fire that we know he can play with. I mm -hmm. feel like with Rasheed Wallace in the building and on the sidelines, that'll be someone who can constantly be an AD ear you know to include a lebron james to include a darvin ham and you know he, he's one of the better better stretch bigs of especially of my lifetime who's played the game so you know he can work with anthony davis and you know just give him different skills and different tips and you know i just for me it's just really bringing out that dog i think with ad it's just more about a consistency thing with him. Obviously, we could talk injuries, but when he's on the court, especially this year, even at times when he was on the court, sometimes it just doesn't seem like that fire is lit. So I mm -hmm. think Rasheed Wallace would be perfect for, um, you know, part part of that piston, uh, that Pistons team as well with Darvin Ham. Uh, you know, a tough, gritty team playing defense. I, I would love that hire. I think Rasheed Wallace would come right in and, you know, fit the personality that a Darvin Ham brings and, you know, fit the personality that we want to make this team. Like Rob said today, last year we kind of lacked the toughness, and I and we talked about it on a few episodes. Like, there was games where the Lakers, you know, teams would talk about the Lakers and say, hey, once, once you punch them in the mouth and you get up on them, they're not going to fight back. Or, you know, if they get up, just keep scratching the claw because eventually, you know, they're going to let you back in the game. So I, I love the idea of bringing Rasheed Wallace in. I, I hope it ends up happening because I just love that grit and that toughness that he'll bring, especially to a guy like AD, who, again, is supposed to be the foundation of what we're doing here in L.A. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Rob Polinka did mention that uh, that he felt like the team lacked an identity of toughness last season. Some of that's the personnel, but Rashid Wallace would go a long way towards towards fixing that. Um, are his skills going to naturally just translate over to Anthony Davis? Like, are we going to see AD? One of the crazy the craziest things I've seen Rashid Wallace do is just in warmups, shoot a three simultaneously with both hands and make both shots. <laughs> I mean, just, just ridiculous. this guy is ridiculously <laughs> talented. I mean, that's that's like the the ultimate horse shot. But I don't know that that means we're suddenly going to see AD pulling off crazy stuff. Like it it doesn't. If somebody comes on as a coach that's a former player, it doesn't mean their skills naturally just translate over to their team. And that tends to be where where fans go to. But as a communicator and as somebody who's kind of been in the trenches, I'd be excited to see what Rashid Wallace can bring in that regard. Uh, we've got a few more of these super chats we're going to get to here. We've got JJ Ramirez. We need uh, defenders who you have to respect behind the three-point line. Yeah, not, yep. not going to disagree with that. I think that is 100% correct. Main cog, man. Exactly. Yep, you need well, you need Anthony Davis. If AD can get his three-point percentage even up to like 32 33%, which, look, that's a big jump from last season when he was like 18% or something. But if you can just be league average from three, just league average. Um, you're going to be in pretty good shape with uh, with AD and with, and with various shooters if they can play solid defense. Right, and again, especially running the four, you know four out one in. If you have respectable shooters, you know the defense can't guard do two people at one time. They can't basically have one foot in the paint, one foot out, ready to set. You're going to have to commit to those shooters, and hopefully, if, again, 
we're hoping because you know this free agency isn't the best but we're mm-hmm. hoping rob palink is able to pull off some magic and get the guys that can fit perfectly because again once those once those um driving lanes open up for our guys the guys like lebron james anthony davis and even to a lesser extent the austin reeves and and, and the stanley johnsons you know they'll, they'll be able to be much better especially you know moving the ball so i I'm hoping we can get the right players to fit this system because, again, system doesn't matter if you don't have the right personnel, as I'm sure we've all learned. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, if you don't have the right guys, you don't have the right buy-in, none of the other stuff matters. Uh, Senpai NFT says, I'm sorry, people are okay with Russ coming back. I'm not. Uh, With the usage he demands, it will not work. This feels like last season all over again. So I do wonder... How much of the talk, right? I mean, Darvin Ham talking about Russell Westbrook and how he's going to fit next year and how he's one of the all-time greats and all that sort of stuff. Russell Westbrook was in the room at the moment. He's like 30 feet away from Darvin Ham, right? He's, he's in the room listening to him. And, and, and one reporter even asked, said like, you know, is Russ even going to be on the team next year? Um, he's in the room. He's right there. And Russ hasn't picked up his player option yet. So, well... I think that to a degree, Darvin Ham believes the things that he's saying. I don't know that this is like a definite, definite that Russ is back either. Because until he's traded, you can't do anything but act like he's absolutely going to be on the team. Because why, you know, if you say, oh yeah, well, we're going to trade him. Well, there goes all of your, all your negotiating leverage. So I think if you're really nervous, if you're a Lakers fan out there that's really nervous and you're upset, you're frustrated, and you think this means Russell Westbrook's going to be on the team next season, I wouldn't go that far. I'm sure the Lakers are still going to explore trade options and go from there. But this is, whether or not he actually believes it, this is the message that has to be put out there right now. Right. Agreed. And, and like Rappalinga said, you know, it's going to be major overhaul to the roster and that's just mm-hmm. and not just talking role players like, you know, a good a good GM's not going to leave any stone unturned. So obviously I'm sure he's still kind of, you know, patiently waiting, seeing what kind of trades out there for Westbrook. But as we've discussed multiple times, trading Westbrook just isn't that simple. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's you're bringing in, you know, contracts that you may not necessarily want to keep that cut into cap space going forward or maybe you're not bringing in players that put you to the next level you still got to prepare for who's on the team right now right now Westbrook is on the team and and let's just let's just be honest guys you got to live with that reality and you want to coach who even if they're not able to move Westbrook they're going to do whatever they can to make sure that it works and put him in a position to be successful so you know, I, I understand you guys, you know, not wanting Westbrook and obviously moving Westbrook would be the ideal move. But you, we also got to be realistic about the situation and, and make the most out of what we got. Uh, Vegemite Sandwich says, what do you think about Scotty Pippen Jr.? You know, I haven't had a chance to dig into fully the draft prospects. I'm just kind of getting into all of that stuff. And I know time's running out. We're not that far away from the draft. So I don't really have like an educated take here on Scotty Pippen Jr. Do you, Mike, do you have any insight? on on him or where he might be as a as a draft prospect so i didn't follow him um hard over the season but that is one guy that i was looking at because i like the idea of having you know a perimeter defender at the point of attack we keep talking about defense so i think scotty pippen jr you know just you know talking about his heritage and who he's related to he could provide some of those things um younger guy who can you know 
uh, be explosive, get others involved. Um, but I, what I will say about that is I don't know so much if we're going towards the guards. I believe Scottie Pippen Jr. is six one, six two. I could be wrong, but I don't think he's a tall guy. So I think we should be probably more looking more at wings because I think we're going to have enough guards ultimately, especially if we end up keeping Westbrook. Still got to figure out what's going to happen with THD. But I like Scottie Pippen Jr. I think he would be a great addition. I think he would be someone who can come in, play defense, you know, spark some energy off the bench for us. So I think it's definitely somebody the Lakers should be looking at. And obviously they've worked them out already. So I do think he's a viable option, but I'm more prone to lean towards you know some wings because obviously there's not a lot in the free agency that's coming up yeah the uh the upcoming wing class it's it's very i mean the free agent class in general is thin and yeah scotty pippen jr six three so he is six three, yeah so but the wing class i mean it's it is very thin for free agency um there's just not a lot out there so it's not going to be easy for the lakers to find help on the wing because a lot of teams are looking for help it's not even just that there's not that many of them it's that most teams want help on the wings they're looking for three and d wing players just not easy to find uh gm mercado said if russ does do well under darvin ham what does that say about vogel or is it just the system or is there really animosity between the two Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I think people will be you know, quick to jump to the conclusion that it's a vocal thing. It can be a system thing. Sometimes it can be a personality thing. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into whether or not a player works with a particular coach, whether he performs with a particular coach. But look, if Russ does well, I think that's going to be more of a feather in the cap of Darvin Ham than a knock on Frank Vogel in, in right. my mind. Just given the way the roster was constructed, it didn't feel like Frank Vogel was really given a roster that was conducive to to success, particularly when we look at what some of the veteran guys actually were able to provide uh, compared to what they've done over the course of their career. Uh, but still, if Russ does hit this season, then that's I think it's a positive for Darvin Ham more than it's a negative for Frank Vogel. Right. And, and obviously the knee jerk reaction would be to say, oh, well, you know, Ham succeeded where Vogel failed. But like you said, roster construction was a big thing for us last year that wasn't right if you don't have the right pieces to go with your coach's system it's not going to work vogel defensive coach wasn't given adam out defensive pieces then you throw in trying to juggle russell westbrook we also know vogel wasn't like you know some offensive guru on the offensive side so it just it made it stick out even more when the one thing you're supposed to do doesn't look good now the other other side looks just as bad so i agree with you that um it'll be more of a you know a, a good story for darvin ham if he's able to make it work but so many things go into making a team function and, and make sure they're a championship contender so i i, I would i wouldn't put too much blame on vogue on that nature there were so many things that went into last season injuries roster construction you know chemistry it's so many things that make a team go so yeah i agree with you on that I mean, like we said, right right off the bat, the four out, one in off, it's like making that work with AD and Russ on the floor together. That's not going to be easy. So if he can figure out a way to make it work, then, uh, you know, more power to to Darvin Ham. 
Uh, Ash Cole said Juzang and Remy Martin worked out today. Thoughts on them? Do you have any thoughts on on either one of them? Johnny Juzang, Remy Martin working out. Uh, Remy Martin's exciting again. A smaller guard that I don't think that we should be leaning too much towards. Even though I do like Remy Martin, um, Johnny Juzang, I, I think that's that's a good look. We obviously need shooting. Um, he's a younger guy. I'm I'm a little bit iffy on his height right now. I'm not sure how big Johnny Juzang is, but I know he's a knockdown shooter from the outside, can create his own shot. So I, I like the fact that they're looking at him. But again. With the Remy Martins, the Scottie Pippen Juniors, I'm just not uh, uh, of the mindset that we need to get another undersized guard right now. I think we need size, um, you know, for our team. That's more um, important, in my opinion. Uh, Dardar Banks says, what do you think of Rogier, Oubre, and Plumley for Russ and a pick or a pick swap? You still have room for other trades, but you get shooting defense you get younger flip one of them and a pick for miles turner uh I mean, that that gets challenging if you're trying to go after miles turner especially if you're trying to flip a guy but you can't aggregate players into a trade after they've already been traded you can trade them individually but uh in any event maybe you go a three-team trade route or something to get that last piece done but on the surface just initial rogier Ubre plumley for russ and a pick uh are you making that trade mike what do you think it's definitely interesting. I, I would definitely entertain it. Um, you're bringing in a guy like Rosier again, another one of these smaller guards, but obviously you're using Westbrook, but he can shoot from the outside, create his own shot, can play a little defense. Ubre, a bigger wing, like we've already said we need it. Could be a little bit streaky from the three-point line, but I he is a, a good driver of the ball to the basket. So I think that will work. And Plumley, you know, he's got a little skill for a big man. I've mm-hmm. seen him put the ball on the floor. He could pass a little bit. So I think it's a trade I would definitely consider. Um, does it does it make us a championship contender? I think that's still a question you have to ask yourself, but I would definitely consider this trade. It's um one of the better, you know, one of the better trades that I, I would lean towards because again, you're getting three rotational players right there. You're getting a guy like Plumley come in, spell at the five, who can pass, who can be a lob threat. Again, Ubre, aggressive defender on the perimeter, can knock down, you know, the three-point shot here and there. And then Rosier, I'm sure we've all seen scary Terry in action can go mm-hmm. out give you 30 points on a random night or, you know, just be a steady hand. So I, I would definitely look at this trade. I, I think it's one of the better ones. I like it. I don't know if you're ever going to get Miles Turner with it. That would be crazy. If you're able yeah. to do that and somehow keep everything else, then I would probably say a definite yes. But, um, yeah, I, I like this trade. You get three very good rotation, at least decent rotational players to your team. Yeah, I would do this as well. Um I mean, especially if it's a pick swap and not yeah. and not yeah. a and not a pick. But um, I mean, Rogier, Ubre, Plumley, you're getting three guys that can be, as you said, rotation players. Rogier, we already know he's very comfortable playing off ball. That's been part of the, the challenge with Russell Westbrook is asking him to play off ball, and that's a difficult thing to do. Rogier shoots very well from three. Uh, just and then on top of that, we've talked about the free agent class being so thin, and the Lakers have a lot of spots to fill out on their roster and not a lot of guys out there in free agency to go grab it and fill them with. So you're filling up three roster spots yeah. and giving up one and sending out one. So you're going to help actually have quality NBA talent on your roster. You're going to help with your depth if you do this as well. So I think this makes a lot of sense. You know, you can question, would you rather have Gordon Hayward and ter- instead of Terry Rogier? The advantage being that Hayward's deal runs out, I think two seasons earlier uh, before Rogier's does. So that gives you a little bit more future flexibility. But if this is on the table, if you're the Lakers, 
this is probably the fresh start that you've been looking for, right? I mean, this is this is a clean slate for this new team to come in. I think you almost kind of have to do it if, if this right. is on the table, just if nothing else, to exercise the ghosts of last season. Right. And, and again, you're, you're getting three, you're filling up three roster spots in a weak free agency class. That's something you definitely want to do, especially when you're bringing in a wing and a guy like Rosier. So yeah, this is a pretty good trade. I like it. And there's a lot of people in the chat that are, that are doubting this trade. This is the trade that was rumored that was out there mm-hmm. like six weeks ago when the season ended, this was, this is essentially the trade that was out there. Um, now, Michael Jordan is rumored to, to really like Russell Westbrook. They envision a scenario where Russ and, and LaMelo Ball could play together. I'm skeptical of whether that would work, but I'm not going to talk them out of it if that's something that, that the Hornets want to do. So, right. <laughs> And this doesn't mean that this is absolutely on the table. It's just a rumor that's out there. A rumor trade that's being discussed is a lot different than the trade that's actually on the table and ready to be accepted. We also have to keep in mind that no trade can be made until – uh, July 29th at the, well, Russell Westbrook has until July 29th to pick up his player option. If he doesn't want to be a Charlotte Hornet, he's going to wait all the way until that date to pick up that player option. So there's a lot of factors here before we just assume that this is something that is really out there and could happen. But people who are saying this is far-fetched. This was the rumor. It was this one. There was the Gordon Hayward version. And then there was also the Indiana trade, Malcolm Brogdon, and Buddy Heald for Russell Westbrook. Again, all of these rumors, but this isn't like this isn't like Dardar Banks here just made this up off top of his head, and it's crazy lopsided. This is again, this is the rumored deal that was out there a few weeks ago. All right. Let's see what else we've got going on here. And I know a lot of people don't want <laughs> don't don't want to see the Lakers give up future picks, but you got to give up something in order to get something. That's, right. that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. And teams aren't going to take Russell Westbrook just for free. And that's part of why we've heard the Lakers say, or at least word has been put out there, that you know the Lakers aren't willing to give up future picks or future capital or anything like that in exchange for moving Russell Westbrook because that kind of has to be their negotiating stance right now. Yeah. But realistically, any team taking on Russ, they're going to see the Lakers as desperate to move him and they're going to try to get whatever they can out of the Lakers. Maybe it's the future first. Maybe it's the Lakers eating future cap space. Maybe it's both. Um, Yeah. Teams, teams will try to take advantage of the Lakers current situation. Right. That's why I said, got to be realistic, man. Russ might be here. So you want your coach behind him a hundred percent. Trevick says all signs point to us keeping Russ. Well, again, that that's what kind of has to be put out there right now. But talk about who we can get instead of who we're trading Russ to. Come on. Okay. So if you do keep Russell Westbrook, I went through some free agent options recently, a few days ago, on an ideal offseason video. Now, in that video, I also uh, pulled off a Russell Westbrook trade. But who can the Lakers get in a trade? Realistically, if you say we're not going to pay anything in order to move Russ, we're not going to do that. We're just going to keep him. In my mind, who are you going after? There's a lot of different names that are out there. A lot of them that you probably can't get to. But Taylor Horton Tucker and Kendrick Nunn, that duo, just like they were at the trade deadline, are very much on the market if the Lakers make the decision. We're keeping Russell Westbrook. Because in my mind, you, you devalue THT by playing him alongside Russell Westbrook. So you might as well move on from THT and see what you can get for him. 
Um, again, what is actually out there on the market? I threw out, you know, Christian Wood. Can you get in on Miles Turner? The Pacers probably aren't going to want to trade him. Uh, the Lakers are going to want to try to get something significant. But that's what I'm approaching. If we, Mike, if we just assume Russell Westbrook is not being traded, it's THT, Kendrick Nunn, your future first-round picks. Maybe you can absorb some cap space uh, in, the, in the future. That's about it, right? Those are the only real trade assets the Lakers have. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Right. And obviously, if you're keeping Russ, you know, and you already have LeBron James, that's just two people that are definitely going to already have the ball in their hands. So you don't need another guy like THT who needs the ball in his hands, a Kendrick Nunn who, when healthy, you know, likes to have the ball in his hands. So you're going to have to move those guys and see, you know, maybe the Raptors come knocking back for THT. You know, who knows? Maybe someone saw Kendrick Nunn, you know, when he played against the Lakers in the finals and thinks, you know, there's still some potential there, especially Mm -hmm. if he's healthy. But, though, yeah, those are your main pieces because I don't think any of the other pieces you're going to be able to move to bring anybody back. You know, you're you're not trying to move AD, obviously. You're you're definitely not moving LeBron. So you're just going to have to make it work with those other guards and see what the best pick is. Like, I think you put out, a, I think you put out a trade. Uh, it was, what was it? THT and Kendrick Nunn for Christian Wood. That's definitely yeah. one you got to look at, you know, because Christian Wood can definitely play in that four out one in, you know, system. He could definitely be the guy in, or he could be the guy, another guy in the corner who could play off AD. So I think that's one viable to look at. But yeah, those, those are your chips moving forward. Yeah, you probably have to throw in a first or something in order to get that done with the with the Rockets, but maybe there's something there that can be explored. Houston will probably try to get more if they can, but hey, if everything breaks right, maybe the Lakers can do that. Uh, Dalton says, trade THT for maybe a player or picks. Yeah, yeah you're probably looking at a player. I mean, picks, maybe, but mm, I, I yeah. don't know what you're going to get there. I mean, most teams, most teams aren't going to give THT a lot of value on the trade market, part right. because of his contract situation. And same thing with, with Kendrick Nunn. And that's why if you do move Russ, I'm on board with just hanging on to THT and Kendrick Nunn until the trade deadline, at least, mm-hmm. uh, and then seeing what they can do. Because I think both of these guys are talented, but they both had bad years. I mean, Nunn didn't even play last season. So they've got that negativity kind of holding, hanging over them. I think you're going to get better value if you give them an opportunity to prove that last season isn't really indicative of who they are as a player. Right. Yeah. And again, injuries are so unpredictable. And I, and I was really excited for Kendrick Nunn last year to see what he'd be able to provide for the Lakers. So who knows? Maybe he comes back healthy this year and, and we see the guy that, you know, the Lakers uh, spent their mid-level on, you know, and he's able to come out and be the player that we wanted him to be. But yeah. again, you know, hopefully he's got to be healthy, though. Big thing, got to be healthy. Uh, Vector Nova says Christian Wood is extremely concerning due to the locker room issues. Also, it's infuriating that we might have to lose THT and none because of Russ. Uh, so first of all, Christian Wood, I mean, did have some issues with, uh, with the Houston Rockets last year. Sometimes those things go away though on veteran teams. Like you would have said Malik Monk had some issues, right? But he yeah. had tons of success last season with the Lakers. So wh- I mean, what do you think Christian Wood bringing him into a team like this with Darvin Ham is the coach, LeBron, AD, are you worried about locker room issues? I'm not worried about it at all because I think um, sometimes a change of scenery does great. 
Um, sometimes going from a team like the Houston Rockets, who's clearly in a rebuild mode, you know, trying to build their way back up full of young players and then going to a team like the Lakers, who, you know, as we hope, are, should be competing for a championship that sometimes that's all it takes, you know, to get a guy on the right path, being around a LeBron James, being around Anthony Davis. Russell Westbrook, Adarvin Ham, you know, Rashid Wallace, you know, guys with stature, guys with, you know, some uh, forgetting the word right now, guys, you know, with some stature in the league, you know, mm -hmm. you know, respect around the league. Sometimes that's all it takes. So especially a guy like Christian Wood, who's in the prime of his career, I'm sure who wants to win now, you know, go somewhere where he can be an important piece where I think he would be important with us too. Obviously not the one, two or three option, but he would be a very important piece, a stretch big, you know, a guy, especially with a guy like AD who we're not sure if he's going to make it through the season at the time, he would be very important. So I'm not too worried about locker room issues. I think with what we saw with Darvin Ham today, how he plans to, again, collaborate, communicate with all the mm -hmm. players that we have this year. I'm not really too worried about chemistry-wise uh, chemistry as far as locker room issues. It's all about the on-court part, so not worried. And, and then moving, I'm, I'm in agreement with you with that. Uh, being infuriated that you might lose THT and none because of Russ, that's me. That's me just saying from yeah. a value perspective. <laughs> I'm not I don't know if the Lakers share that opinion, but yeah, I mean they're just they're not a great fit together. So if you do wind up keeping Russ, which it's possible that the cost of moving Russ is just so high because teams around the NBA see the Lakers as desperate. They're gonna try to take advantage of that. They're gonna try to fleece the Lakers in a trade. Do they just decide, you know what, it's not worth it? Then do you see what you can find out there for THT? You know, it's not ideal. Ideally, you want to be, you know, trading from a position of strength. But yeah. that's not that's not always the position that you find yourself in. Uh, Tyrone, NBA fan, said, yo, Trevor, thanks for updating the intro. Gets me hype every time. <laughs> I didn't update the intro, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, but I'm glad it, I'm glad it does. It is the same. Well, you know what, though? I know what it is. It's there are two different versions of it. And the version I used to use on the live stream was the version that fed directly into my old setup. So this one is slightly different, but it's been around. They've both been in, in existence the same amount of time, and I've been using them both. I just wasn't using this one for the live stream quite as much. So that's probably what it is. But in any event, it's essentially the same intro. Details, details. <laughs> Speak, speaking of which, Darvin Ham, I, I loved how detail-oriented he was and yeah. how much he mentioned the little things and day to day and how all of that stuff was going to be important. Um, sometimes when you're a team, you can get lost looking in the big picture. How are right. we going to get to where we want to go at the end of the season? Instead, focusing on just doing the work each day and ultimately you'll wind up at the destination that you want. I think that, I thought that was just a great outlook and one that clearly has been instilled in him through his many years of being an assistant coach in this league. Right. And then another thing that I like that he said, and it's actually <laughs> it's actually in my uh, Twitter bio, in my IG battle, just getting better each and every day. Just trying <laughs> to be better right. than you were yesterday. That's like so big because, you know, basketball, it's a grind. It's a process, especially in the NBA where you got 82 games, you know, play in tournament, then the playoffs. It's a long season. So if, if you come into the season, just focus like, yo, we got to win the championship. We got to win the championship. That's way down the road. Like for me, it'd be working in increments. 20, how can we get better? 
this 10 games than we were the last mm-hmm. 10 games and, and what's going to and continue to build and build upon it. Um, another thing that stood out to me was when he was talking about LeBron James and just maintenance. You know, you got to yeah. get the right people on the roster so that LeBron, granted, he's great. We're glad to see him lead the league in scoring, but he shouldn't have to lead the league in scoring. We want to be able to keep his minutes down so he's there at the end. And I think that's very important as you move throughout the season, working in those increments, just trying to get better each day, improving here or there, because it's not going to happen all at once. Lakers could come out in their first uh, 20 games and be what, like, are, are we are we panicking if they're a 500 team? We might, but it, it may take that. Look at the Boston Celtics this year. Look how they started. Mm-hmm. Look how they ended. Look where they're at now. So I, I think patience is just such a big thing. And Darvin Ham being the role player that he was, grinding it out as assistant coach here, there, and finally making it to the head coach. He, he's just – I can't say it enough how I just think he's the perfect coach for these guys, and he just said all the right things today. So, yeah increments small picture will lead to the big picture ultimately that's right that's a great way to put it i like it all right we're going to take a three minute break here for a commercial for our sponsor athletic greens we'll be right back lakers nation i want to pause for a moment and talk a little bit about athletic greens i started taking ag1 because for me personally, I was interested in recovery. Number one, I've been trying to get back into shape and spending a lot of time in the gym, lifting weights, doing all those sorts of things. And I wanted to see if it could help with my recovery process and what that looks like. We all know how important recovery is in any type of athletic endeavor. And then also the mental clarity part of it. I'm the type of person where I've noticed, you know, middle of the day, I start to just hit this lull, this wall that I, I run into, and I've just found I'm just not as productive as I should be. And I'll admit, I was pretty skeptical when I went into this, uh, when I started taking AG1, but I've been very, very pleasantly surprised. Not only has my recovery improved, and I've been taking AG1 for about three weeks now, I've been making noticeable improvements in the gym, but the mental clarity piece to this, the energy piece to this, it has been noticeable in the afternoons. I simply have more focus, more energy. I just noticed suddenly I'm getting way more done during the day. I'm accomplishing more tasks on my to-do list rather than pushing things off to the next day. And that means for all of you, that means more Lakers nation content, more NBA front office content, everything else that we bring. It's been absolutely fantastic. I can't believe how productive I've been while taking AG1. So what is AG1? Well, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And that is exactly how I take it. It's the first thing I take in the morning. Instead of getting coffee or an energy drink or something like that, I drink my AG1. One, this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your recovery, your focus, aging, all of the things all in one. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It's cheaper than getting all the different supplements yourself that you would have to go out and find. You're investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance athletic greens it was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover it cost him over a hundred dollars per day he created athletic greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutrition routine 
on your own. And for me, I'm super busy. The sports world, it moves at a lightning fast pace. So Athletic Greens, very quick, very simple for me to get my nutrition in one place. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation. Again, it's athleticgreens.com slash LakersNation to take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, and we are back. Let's let's finish some things out with um, with a little bit of chat about the whole situation that the Lakers are getting into with Anthony Davis. Gotcha. Do we think that AD can be the kind of player that Darvin Ham needs him to be? He he basically said he's kind of like Giannis, right? I mean, he made that comparison. What are we thinking about Anthony Davis this season? Can he really? get to the level that uh that darvin ham needs him at um i think he can get to that level but again with anthony davis it all starts about his body and you know being healthy and being there and you know putting in the work that it takes to consistency consistently play over an 82 game season i mean we we've talked about anthony davis at his peak we always talk about top five player in the league easily one of the top five guys you're gonna want to have so clearly he can get to that level I think it just all starts with his body you know his nutrition getting back onto that um establishing if he's gonna play the five or the four I think that's really Mm -hmm. big establishing who he's gonna be guarding you know are we gonna bring in a true center like I believe we should do for that person to bang with the bigger bigs and Anthony Davis you know handle some more of the stretch fours or or the stretch fives all those things count, but I think he can be that player. Um, we've seen it. It's just about now it's time for him to put the work in. And um, I, I'm hoping I'm just again, I'm doing a lot of hoping for the Lakers. I understand. But again, I, it's very possible. We've seen him do it. We've seen him be able to dominate. So I think he can be that player. And I think, you know, again, when a new coach comes in, nothing against Frank's vocal, but it's a fresh start. A breath of fresh air. It's time to, you know, bring in out with the old and with the new. Hopefully that revitalizes Anthony Davis and he realizes how important he is to the team and how, and how much we do need him. Like, yes, we have LeBron James. We have Russell Westbrook. But Anthony Davis is a top five talent. And the things he's able to do when he's at the top of his game mm-hmm. make him arguably one of the best players in the game. So I think it's very possible. It just starts with his body, of course, and getting healthy. So hopefully, you know, this year he's putting in that work this summer. He's out there, you know, with Braun. I, if, if I was Anthony Davis, I'm following Braun around every day. I'm doing whatever <laughs> he's doing to make sure my body's in the best shape it could be and so that I can play these minutes. You know, obviously we don't. Let's be honest, we don't expect Anthony Davis to play 82 games. But, man, if we could be in the high 60s, low 70s, you know, that would be great for us. So I think it's possible. It's just all about what Anthony Davis wants to do and his commitment to basketball and his body. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is a big season for Anthony Davis, but it's even bigger for the Lakers with Anthony Davis. If you can get 
even 90% of what we saw out of Anthony Davis in Orlando. You've got a really, really incredibly good player. Uh, the jumper's got to come back around the three-point shot. I mean, yeah. the jumper was eh, kind of came and went a little bit last season, but the three-point shot's got to come around, and we just have to see that him play with that motor. And maybe Darvin Ham can get him going in that regard. Can we see him a little bit more, you know, coming off of curls, uh, getting ahead of steam, attacking the basket? We see Giannis get a lot of opportunities like that. Can Darvin Ham diagram some of that sort of stuff? For him, and a lot of that will be dependent upon the spacing that's out on the floor. I'm curious to see what it looks like. I'm curious to see how much of Mike Budenholzer's strategies with Giannis translate over to Anthony Davis and then how effective he can be in those moments. I'm not expecting them to be like for like. You're going to run everything exactly the same, but I think we'll see some glimpses of what the Bucks do to get Giannis going. I think we'll see that for AD as well. It's going to be really important too that the Lakers find success there. Uh, current loud, a good question said, will Lakers nation consider having watch parties of the game in person at a venue, uh, subscribers of the channel, pitch in and pay and have these types of conversations safe and peaceful. Yeah, look, we, um, so we did, we did a huge watch party for Lakers versus bucks in March of 2020. I think the date was March 6th of 2020. And if you know <laughs> what was going on then it was like, a week and a half later that everything shut down and that watch party was insane. It was absolutely fantastic. We had a ton of people, we, even more people than we expected turned out and we had a blast. We've done a couple of smaller get togethers, like when we released Showtime Lager, but as far as doing some bigger ones, yeah, that's something that'll be kind of on the radar as we get into next season, assuming that things continue to go well, but it, it was so the timing was so terrible because we had just started doing them and the first one we did was massive and this huge, huge success and so much fun. And then the rug got pulled out from under us. But so eventually, yes, that's something that we would like to get back to doing again um, as soon as it's, uh, of course, safe to, to do so. So that's for sure. Uh, Vector Nova said, I'm glad that Ham is focusing on AD and how he's the fan foundation of the team is if AD is going to be a foundation or franchise player going forward, we need this. Yeah, he did say that he's going to build his defensive foundation around AD. And I think it's important too. LeBron is going to be a free agent in 2023. He might sign an extension, but I've been saying that if he does, it's probably just going to be a one-year deal, a one plus one. It's probably what we'll see. So most likely, if the Lakers are being realistic, you're talking about two more seasons tops with LeBron. Maybe one. You've got to figure out real quick, is AD that guy? Is he a 1A guy where when LeBron sails off into the sunset, if it's next summer, if it's the summer after, do you hand the keys over to AD or do you go a different direction and maybe start a rebuild if you decide AD is not that guy? I think you need to find out. And this season will go a long way towards making that decision for you. Right. And that's just what I was about to say. You know, the fact that Darvin Ham's saying that, yo, Anthony Davis, you're going to be the foundation of this. You know, a lot of what we're going to do is going to be based off you. I mean, yes, that's good, but, you know, it's a little pressure on the AD, in my opinion, now. Now, obviously, we talked about, you know, it's basketball at the end of the day. shouldn't be no pressure, but I'm sure every player, you know, when when the expectations are high and you, you've got the coach back, and you, you're going to feel a little pressure. So I think this is definitely a big year for AD because we need to see how many games you can play. We need to see 
can you be the guy we could we can continue to build around and believe in and be the foundation of our team? So this is a this is a big year for Anthony Davis. I I, I don't think he's still you know living pretty off the championship year. I think obviously Laker fans are are, are expecting more and wanting to see more from him. And I think this is a could be could be a make or break year that determines how the Lakers, you know, roster is going to go down the line. So this is a big year. I, I'm hope he's able to step in and, and you know be that player that we've seen him be able to be. But it, it's not going to. I don't expect it to be easy. I think it's going to be an adjustment period. And, and again, it all starts with his body. And another big thing for Anthony Davis is mindset. What's his mindset going to be? Is he telling himself I'm going to go out here and be a top five player, or is he going to, or is he still telling himself? You know, I'm going to go out here and be Anthony Davis, but, you know, I got LeBron, I got Russell Westbrook. You know, I, I would rather see Anthony Davis take the mindset of I'm the best player on this team and um, I, I'm going to make sure that we win at the end of the day. So it's going to be very interesting. It's a big season, in my opinion, for Anthony Davis. He's got the talent to do it. The question is, can he stay healthy? And yep. can he have that night in and night out drive in order to be the player that we that we know he can be, that he's got the potential to be? Um, those are questions that we still have to get answered from from Anthony Davis. And I wonder how much of it, you know, we see the discourse around the NBA. We see how many people are just making light of his injury history. Even though I look at both of his major injuries this season, they were not necessarily his fault. A guy falls into his knee and he lands on somebody else's foot. Those are just yep. things that unfortunately happen sometimes on the basketball court. But regardless, you've got a lot of people that are sort of poking fun at him for this. We're seeing it from a lot of other fans. We're even seeing it from the media, Charles Barkley. Got a whole thing going against Anthony Davis. Um, I, I'm curious to see how he responds to all of that. Does he step up and uh, and really prove that he can still be that guy that we saw back in Orlando? All right, last one. Um, yeah, this is true. Mood, mood music. Pray for Russell Westbrook's mental health. Imagine if he doesn't play well this upcoming season, the slander will be on a different level. Look, if Russell Westbrook, when I look at Russ and I see the problems that he had this last season, did fans sometimes go a little overboard? Yeah, but I think there were also like Russ is not blameless in that situation. In terms of Russ being criticized, there's good reason to criticize his play on the basketball floor because we saw a Russ that couldn't adapt to his surroundings. We saw a Russ who wasn't willing to do the kinds of things that the team needed him to do. Now you can say some of that was scheme. Maybe the coach didn't do a good job uh, making use of it. That's certainly possible. It's part of the equation. It's part of what what ultimately rolled up into this terrible, awful season for Russell Westbrook and for the Los Angeles Lakers. But if it goes the other way, if there is some way to make this work, and I'm not saying there is, that's not my expectation, this is going to be fantastic. And this is what we said. This is the story we wanted to tell coming into the season. We wanted to talk about Russell Westbrook coming back to LA, went to school at UCLA, right? We want to, we want to talk about Russell Westbrook coming back and being loved by fans and providing the energy on the floor and making winning plays. That's the story that we wanted to tell. That's still possible. I wouldn't say it's likely. I'd say it's very unlikely. That's still possible, but a lot of things have got to happen to get there. And the biggest thing is you got to win. Winning cures all. Winning cures all. That's it. If Russell Westbrook and the Lakers win, people are going to forgive him. People are going to be cheering for him. That's basketball. That's the way it works, and that's what happens when you put on the purple and gold. Right, and I and I agree. Again, just like we spoke about with Anthony Davis, with Russell Westbrook, 
it's a mindset thing too. Like it's it's a mindset thing. Are you gonna go out here and be a dog? Are you gonna let the fans get to you? Are you gonna go out here and just do what it takes for this team to win as a collective? Not what it you know, not what's good for Russell Westbrook. Maybe what's good for Russell Westbrook isn't good for the entire Lakers. So again, here comes that word. Are you willing to make those sacrifices in order mm-hmm. for the Lakers to be a championship contender again? I think all of that goes into it. Um, as far as you know, his mental health aspect, I, I think Russ is a proud guy. I think he'll be able to battle through people, you know, people talking on Twitter, sure. Instagram, things of that nature. I think it's just all about him respecting his coach and being being comfortable again. Like like I said last time I was on, you know, some of the some of the things with Russell Westbrook this year obviously won't get fixed overnight. Three point percentage, free throw percentage, I got that. But man, the amount of layups he he missed last year, I gotta think just some of that was just nerves or maybe you know just not being comfortable where he's at if it's established you know what his role is going to be early like I feel like Darvin Ham is going to do and he's putting him in those positions comfortable he knows what his job is every night I think he'll you know at least he'll be better and he'll be more serviceable obviously we'll still have to work on some things but I think Russ will be okay it's just all about his mindset too. Are you willing to make the sacrifices it's going to take to win a championship? That's going to be another big thing. So tough job coming up for Darvin Ham, man. He's got to deal with egos, mindsets, you know, mm-hmm. injuries, things of that nature. But you know, I got faith in him, and I think the Lakers again, great hire. I agree. I agree. I think it was a good day. It's a great uh, opening press conference from Darvin Ham. Now the real work begins. Of course, we have the draft coming up in a few weeks. We got free agency after that. Oh, boy, we're going to watch the Lakers assemble next year's team. It's going to be a lot of fun. Lakers Nation, make sure you do subscribe to the Lakers Nation YouTube channel. Ring that notification bell as well. And don't forget to go follow the Lakers Nation podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Do appreciate all the five-star reviews that we've been getting coming in. If you want to leave us a written review as well, next episode, I'm going to go through some of the recent reviews. We're going to crack open the mailbag, and we'll read some of those. We'll take any questions or comments. I know there's already a few questions in there that have built up. So we're going to get into that next episode. And that's going to be coming up on Wednesday night. I believe I'm going to have Matt, the optimist Peralta on there uh, with me for that one. So make sure you guys come join us Wednesday night. It'll be right after uh, the Celtics and Warriors game three. We'll go live at that point till then everybody see ya and stay safe. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.